Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2299 with a release date of Friday, November 19th, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Welcome to the newest hams in space, an antenna that's the smallest of the small, and a Florida shack pays tribute to a ham who gave his all to his community. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2299 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's independent weekly amateur radio news and bulletin service. Now reporting from Picayune, Mississippi, here is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. We begin this week by putting out the welcome mat to some new radio amateurs on board the International Space Station. One of them is even in charge of the crew. Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, picks up the story from here. Congratulations to Raja Shari, KI-5LIU, the newest commander of a NASA space mission. Raja and his three fellow members of SpaceX Crew 3 are now aboard the International Space Station, having made the trip aboard the Endurance, which launched on Wednesday, November 10th. According to the Associated Press, the U.S. Air Force test pilot from Iowa is the first rookie to command a NASA mission in several decades. The mission is expected to last six months. It promises to be a busy six months for the crew, which includes Matthias Maurer, KI-5KFH, from the European Space Agency. The German astronaut will be involved in more than 35 experiments while on board the ISS. He will also be using the German call sign DP0ISS during a dozen scheduled contacts with German schools through the amateur radio on the International Space Station program. The first of those contacts is set for a school in Bavaria sometime between the 29th of November and the 5th of December. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. For now, the newly constituted crew of the ISS is keeping a very low profile. The Russian military's intentional destruction of an old Soviet-era intelligence satellite has launched a cloud of space debris into low Earth orbit. That's a prime location for pieces to potentially strike and damage the ISS or any other low-Earth orbiting satellite. As noted in an article on the National Geographic website, the expanding universe of space junk has spurred an even more critical need for space agencies such as NASA to track the paths of these fragments. While space agencies sorted out the situation, the astronauts were told to take shelter in the two capsules attached to the ISS, which could bring them back to Earth in an emergency. NASA astronaut Mark Vandehey, KG5GNP, later called the experience, quote, a great way to bond as a crew. Think you don't have room for an antenna? Researchers are experimenting with one antenna that's so small it might just blend into the wallpaper. Dave Parks, WB8ODF, explains. Imagine an antenna that doesn't look like an antenna. Scientists at Princeton University's Keller Center for Innovation in Engineering Education have done just that. They're basing their work on something called large area electronics, which allows electronic circuits to be created on material that is both thin and flexible. As a result, they're hoping to develop an antenna array that could be incorporated into something as thin as wallpaper or even a skin patch. Their findings are published in the October 7th issue of Nature Electronics. A report on the Fizz.org website quotes Naveen Verma, the senior author of the study, describing how the researchers adapted zinc oxide thin film transistor technology for wireless use. They created a phased array of antennas in a row that is 30 centimeters or one foot long. 
Lead study author Ken Wu of Stanford University said this phased array allows for point-to-point wireless communication. Although phased arrays are already employed by cellular networks, radar systems, and satellites, scientists are seeing this new development as showing promise for handling even more ranges of radio frequencies than ever before. Scientists said that to add to their usefulness, the antennas could be located practically anywhere, even as wallpaper in a room making it potentially compatible with devices being developed as part of the Internet of Things. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Dave Parks, WB8ODF. A business begun as a partnership nearly three-quarters of a century ago by a pair of radio amateur friends in New Zealand has new owners. Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF, brings us up to date. 74 years after two amateur radio operators opened their retail doors as the New Zealand electronic business known as Jackson & Wills, the company has been sold. Jackson & Wills, which is located in Invercargill, bears the names of Douglas Jackson, ZL4GM, and Morris Wills, ZL4GY, who became friends through amateur radio after World War II. In recent years, the company was run by the second generation, Morris's son, Lindsay. Lindsay, who worked at Jackson & Wills for 34 years, noted that the inventory gradually shifted from analog to digital equipment, reflecting the changes in technology. The buyer, Ashley Communications, has been in business since the 1930s and was among the first to sell the original Tate mobile radios. According to a story on the Southland Times website, the Jackson and Will staff will remain on the job after the sale closes. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. A prominent amateur radio group in Ireland can finally do some necessary repairs. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, tells us why. The weather has taken its toll on the station equipment where EI0MAR is operated by the Howth Martello Radio Group. The coastal location has left such antennas as a commercial cobweb and an HF vertical victimised by weather extremes. The group is going shopping for a new antenna, and now they also have a grant of €800, the equivalent of $900 in US currency, to help with this and other needs, such as an up-to-date PC and a new rig. The Irish Radio Transmitter Society website announced that the grant is from its PAR, or Promoting Amateur Radio Fund. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. In Wyoming, radio operators have just completed the test that will help their county respond better to emergencies. Christian Kudnick, K0STH, tells us more. A large trailer could be seen parked in the lot of the Sheraton Community Land Trust trailhead on November 13th. But its presence had nothing to do with any hiker using that Wyoming trail. Sheridan County Emergency Management had parked the vehicle, its new MCOM trailer, to conduct communications testing with the assistance of volunteers from the Cloud Peak Amateur Radio and Electronics Group, WY7SHR. The test was particularly vital for fire and law enforcement departments as well as EMS. Ryan Curry, WY7RDC Cloud Peaks president, told Newsline that the county asked the hams to participate so they would become familiar with operations in the trailer, which they'd help build. The hams' involvement was also needed because of their ability to set up cross-patch communications if the dispatch center or primary frequencies fail. It was a long day with an important mission, 
Ryan said the test was a first for the club, which deployed three amateurs to operate mobile and kept one at a base station monitoring the club's repeater as a backup. Following the fire warden's maps, the hams used county HTs to determine the limits of communication coverage at various locations, pinpointing any dead spots. The club is looking for more amateurs to participate in their MCOM activities. Please visit their website at cloudpeakradio.com. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Christian Kudnick, K0STH. When they couldn't hold their National Ham Fest as planned, hams in India decided to celebrate ham history. And you can participate too. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, tells us about it. Although COVID-19 precautions spurred organisers to postpone HamFest India until 2022, the HamFest India 2021 organising committee went ahead with plans to offer a national celebration online, marking 100 years of amateur radio in India. The commemoration of amateur radio centenary in India was hosted by the Mysore Hams on the 13th and 14th of November using the Zoom platform. The committee included Shankar Prasad, VU2SPK, and Madhuka, VU2MUD. The two-day program was live-streamed on YouTube, and a recording is available for viewing on the HamFest India 2021 channel there. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the KA1 AAA repeater and Echolink conference server in Bradenton, Florida, on Sundays at zero hours UTC. There's some good news for candidates of the amateur radio exam in France. They can put away their wallets. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, gives us the details. Candidates for the amateur radio exam in France no longer pay a fee for the test or the operator certificate. France's National Frequency Agency made the announcement recently on its website, advising hams who have already paid that they may be eligible for a reimbursement, the qualifying terms for which will shortly be posted on the agency's portal. Letters will also be sent out to qualifying amateurs, enabling them to apply for a return of the fees. This announcement is the latest reduction in costs for ham radio operators in France. In 2019, the ANFR removed the annual fee for the radio licence itself. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Our occasional series, Nets of Note, looks at how and where hams gather on the air. Paul Brown, WD9GCO, introduces us to a dedicated collective of university alumni with an especially dedicated net control. We love to celebrate our seniors in the hobby. Earl Finder, W9CGZ, at 98 years old, definitely qualifies. Yes, he's been licensed since 1947, but what brought him to our attention was the fact that he's been running the Illini Net out of Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, daily since 1976. According to Finder, it all started when he retired. When I retired, I made arrangements with a ham who had lived here but moved to California to get on the air that next day. And we did. And we just thought, you know, we'd get on the air once in a while. But it eventually got to the point where we had got on there every day. And eventually it got pretty widespread around the country with people, a lot of people from, from Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, where I live, and graduates of the University of Illinois, and people who 
who were stationed in Snootfield for many years, and little by little it just grew to where we had quite a few people from all over the country uh, who would check in. Fender told me it's not just for U of I graduates or people from that area. We have all kinds of people. We have PhDs, we have research scientists, NASA engineers. We've had people contact us while flying airliners over the U.S. or military pilots while they were in the air. And people on ships, over-the-road truck drivers, too. All kinds of people. If you want to check out the Illini Net, it starts every day at 11.30 a.m. Central on 14.320 megahertz, plus or minus. Sounds like a great way to meet a wide variety of hams. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO. In the world of DX, be listening for the call sign HF150KCH and 3Z150PO, activated by the Klubu Wachnagi SP2KFQ, from their club station until November 30th. The activation is part of the celebration of the 150th anniversary of the first railway line in Hoykanitsa, where their club station is located. QSL to the PZK Bureau OT09 to SP2KFQ. See the club's QRZ webpage for details on how to apply for the award for the 150th anniversary of the railway line. Be listening for Vladimir OK2WX, who is on the air as 5H3WX from Zanzibar until the 3rd of December. Listen on 80 through 10 meters, where he'll be using CW and SSB. Send QSLs to HA3JB. And listen for John Paul, KN6NNF, in Uganda, where he's using the call sign 5X3Z on 20 and 10 meters using FT8. QSL to 5X3Z via logbook of the world. And finally, we ask, what's in a name? If it's the name newly bestowed on an Aries shack in Escambia County, Florida, plenty. Kevin Trotman, N5PRE, concludes our newscast with this story. The Amateur Radio Emergency Service Room inside Escambia County, Florida's Public Safety Building proved to be a fitting place to dedicate a plaque honoring the late Rudy Hubbard, WA4PUP. Named in Rudy's memory on November 12th, the room works hard to keep people in northern Florida safe, just as Rudy himself did until his death last May at 97. To many amateurs, he was perhaps best known as the longest continuously seated section manager for the ARRL in North Florida. To others, such as Gene Bannon, KB4HAH, he was a lifelong friend and an understanding Elmer. Gene said one of Rudy's gifts to his community was his development of the section's first formally organized emergency plan, which laid out guidelines later adopted by other ARRL sections. Bill Hayden, WY8O, said Rudy had a calming influence in tough situations and knew what buttons to push to make things happen. To Bill and many others, he was a father figure. Gene said that when Hurricane Ivan battered Florida in 2004, Rudy was able to secure a replacement for a critical two-meter repeater that failed, and he ensured that it became operational within 24 hours to restore communications with shelters, distribution centers, and various agencies. Gene remembered, too, how in 2005, Rudy rallied other section managers to arrange for interstate amateur radio response when Hurricane Katrina struck in Mississippi and Louisiana. Shortly before his death, Rudy requested that his shack be dismantled and its contents sold to benefit the Five Flags Amateur Radio Club. But Rudy's expertise, his friends, and of course his name are together in another shack, the Aries Room, where volunteers continue much of Rudy's good works. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kevin Trotman, N5PRE. With thanks to AMSAT, Bill Hayden, WY8O, 
CQ Magazine, David Behar, K7DB, Gene Bannon, KB4HAH, the ICQ Podcast, Irish Radio Transmitter Society, National Geographic, NPR, Ohio Pen DX, Patch.com, QRZ.com, Fizz.org, Ryan Curry, WY7RDC, SciTech Daily, Southgate Amateur Radio News, Southland Times Newspaper, Spiegel.de, ShortwaveRadio.de, Wireless Institute of Australia, YouTube, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at Newsline at ARNewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at ARNewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the News Desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Don Wellbanks, AE5DW in Picayune, Mississippi, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights are reserved.